1: shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces you yourselves don't enter nor will you let those who are enter who are trying to woe to you teachers of the law pharisees you hypocrites you travel over land and sea to win a single convert and when he becomes one you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are Ooh, that's warm fuzzies there isn't it let me tell you he calls them snakes repeatedly calls them hypocrites you say that's so unloving he's telling them the truth And they were so hard-hearted, they needed a blistering message to wake them up. Jesus didn't water down the truth,
0: especially when he dealt with the religious leaders and Pharisees. We often like to think of him as being soft-spoken and never confrontational. But as Pastor Danny points out in today's message, when Jesus dealt with these men who thought that they were the cream of the crop, he had some extremely harsh things to say. He seemed to prefer the company of those who were humble enough to admit that they needed help. Who knew that they couldn't earn God's favor on their own. Now, here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 John, chapter 2, with today's edition of the Living Word.
1: God's love is confrontational. Confrontational. Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, she was surprised that he would even begin a conversation with her because Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. But if you read that conversation, he said things like, Salvation is of the Jews. On the surface, that sounds proud. That's not proud. But he could have said, Well, you got your belief and I got my belief. Let's just love one another. He didn't do that. He said, If you want real, you want this water that I offer you, you want the water that you'll never thirst again, your doctrine is wrong. What you're believing is wrong. He confronted her doctrinal position because unless she was willing to change her doctrinal position, she couldn't be saved. But that's love. The rich young ruler, remember? He comes to Jesus like the expert in the law. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, well, you know the commandments. And he says, well, I've kept these since I was a boy. And Jesus said, well, there's one more thing you lack. Go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then come follow me, and you'll have great riches in heaven. Now, does God tell everybody to do that, to be saved? Of course not. He didn't tell me to do that. Why did he tell this guy? Because it was his money and his materialism that was blocking him. That's what was keeping him out of heaven. As nice of a guy as he might have been, as much as he believed in God, uh, he, he, that was the thing. That was, his money was his God. And that's why Jesus confronted it. He said, there's one thing you lack. Sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. And then come follow me. And you'll have great riches in heaven. Mark's gospel is the only one that tells us, chapter 10, verse 21, and here's what it says. Jesus looked at him and he loved him. That's what it says. He loved him. And that's why he told him the truth. And it says when Jesus said that to him, he walked away very sad because he was a man of great wealth. And notice what it doesn't say after that. It doesn't say Jesus comes and says, I'm so sorry I offended you. Maybe I was a little too much. Maybe just give a little bit away. And maybe let's grow this thing, you know, over time. He loved him. But he confronted him. in his greatest need. And the thing that was keeping him out of heaven and then when the guy walked away he let him go. He let him go. Thank God I don't have time to read all of Matthew chapter 23. You talk about a blistering message. I mean the most blistering message recorded by Jesus. <laughs> it has in here things like, uh, "Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites." You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces, you yourselves don't enter, nor will you let those who enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law, Pharisees, you hypocrites, you travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. Ooh, that's warm fuzzies there, isn't it? Let me tell you, he calls them snakes, repeatedly calls them hypocrites. You say, that's so unloving. He's telling them the truth. And they were so hard-hearted, they needed a blistering message to wake them up. Don't miss how it ends. After he just laid it out. Verse 37, he said, "'O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing.'" He wants them to come to him. He wants to love them and bless them. Or I should say he already loves them. He wants to bless them. He wants to save them. That's why he gave them such a strong message. You read Stephen's message in Acts chapter 7, one of the first deacons of the early church. It sounds like Jesus in Matthew 23. He says, you people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you're just like your father's. You're just like your forefathers, always resisting the Holy Spirit. And he got to the end of that message, and they're so mad. They pick up stones, and they begin to throw stones at him. They ended up killing him. And before he breathed his last, you know what he said? Father, forgive them. Where do you get that from? I think we know. He was just like Jesus. You remember the letter, Revelation chapter 3, the church of Laodicea? Jesus said, You guys say you don't need anything and you got wealth and you're okay and spiritually they they thought they were fine. But he said, You're lukewarm. You're lukewarm. You're neither hot nor cold. And because you're neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And and he's saying, You really make me sick because you're just half hearted. You're on the fence. And he tells them the truth. And here's what he says Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline. The Church of Laodicea. He loves the church. But he told them the truth. He told them what they needed to hear. Now, I love being able to end this way. Forgiving. Man, you talk about forgiving. But catch this Jesus said, if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's pretty plain. We're not talking about a works based righteousness. We're just talking about the bottom line. The bottom line. What's the evidence? that our faith is genuine. Colossians 3, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have uh, against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. When it says whatever grievances, you know what whatever means in the Greek? It means whatever. You fill in the blank, doesn't matter. Whatever. I love in 1 Corinthians 13, I like to quote this occasionally to my wife. Uh, verse 5, it says, love keeps no record of wrongs. It's a good verse for husbands to memorize. You're going to need it. If you're a newlywed, go ahead and memorize it. You're going to need it. Keeps no record of wrongs. Let's hang on that one for a minute. Let's go back and finish it. First John chapter two. Verse 9, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light and there's nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded him. Could refer to somebody who's not saved, could refer to somebody who's saved, and yet they're not willing to forgive. They're not willing to do what Jesus did. That word hate can be a literal hatred Uh, Like King Saul developed uh, against David where he sought his own David's life and he tried to kill him. It can be a literal hatred. But it's a word that also can mean neglect. And that's a good final couple of verses to summarize what the main point is today. This proverb says, he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. Obviously, that's not talking about an emotional hatred. Is talking about a neglect. So if you say you love your kids and you don't discipline, you don't really love your kids. Or you have warm fuzzies about them. They're your kids, but you don't really love them. And I'm not going to get off on a message on parenting, but I want us to understand the application, uh, bringing it around to a real summary in those last few verses, uh, it means being willing to forgive as the Lord has forgiven us and also not neglecting not neglecting. Jesus told a whole parable about it in Matthew chapter 25. It's called the parable of the sheep and the goats. And the sheep, those who are truly his, they visited those in prison. They clothed the naked. They helped the sick. They did all these good things. And that was proof that they were genuine. The goats, they did not do those things. And so there was no evidence. They weren't really his. Now, we've got to end this thing Well, we don't have to, but we're going to try to on a real positive note. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He did sit and sit up in heaven and go, I really feel for him. I really love him. He did something. And then the son prayed in the garden of Gethsemane and said, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Yet not my will, yours be done. In that while we were yet sinners. Did you hear that? In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You talk about love. And his love, his love is perfect. His love is the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. One last verse, and I close with this one. First John chapter 4 and verse 19 we love because he first loved us can't get any more plain than that we love because he first loved us so in response to his love for us then we love one another and we love the world and we forgive one another we bear with one another we endure persecution for his name at the same time we reach out in very practical ways And that proves that our faith is genuine. Once you get involved, once you get plugged in, once you find a place that you can actually become relational, once you find a place you can actually serve,
0: One lesson the book of 1 John teaches is that the journey of faith isn't meant to plateau. In fact, your relationship with Jesus is supposed to grow deeper and deeper, even to your final breath here on earth. Each new day offers you the opportunity to learn something new about your Savior and fall more in love with him. Today, we'd like to encourage you to take some time to sit down with Jesus and your Bible and ask him to open your eyes to something that you've never noticed before. Jesus loves to teach and shower his grace on you as you spend time with him. We're so glad that you took some time today to learn from the living word with us. If you want to hear this teaching again, visit our website, ccfstpete.church. Just click on sermons. You'll be directed to our YouTube page, and we'd love for you to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified by email every time we post a new message. If you have any questions for us about what you heard today, or if you'd like us to pray for you, please email us. Our address is info at church. Again, that's info at ccfstpete.church. We count it as a privilege to lift our valued listeners up to the Lord in prayer. That's all we have time for today in our study of 1 John. Join Pastor Danny next time to continue digging deeper into Scripture right here on The Living Word.